It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What's going on, everybody? Elliot here at the NovaCare with Matt. Believe it or not, man, this is the last podcast we are going to do before Final Cuts. I can't believe training camp is over already. I mean, mean, we said it last time it's over, but now it's like legitimately going to be over in two days. Two words for that, Elliot. Thank goodness. (laughs) Thank goodness the preseason is coming to an end. We just have to get through Thursday night at MetLife, and then it's on to the Redskins. It's on to week one of the regular season. And I don't know about you, but I can't wait for real football to finally get here. I, I like training camp. I think it's my fa- it's probably my favorite time of the year. This part's a little slow, these yep. two days, but what we're going to do on this podcast, which is my favorite thing to do, I think, maybe in all the job, job more than mock drafts probably, I love putting together 53-man rosters, figuring out who they're going to keep, who they're not going to keep, who's going to be on the practice squad. Yep. And they're about, they're about to have to do it themselves. So today is Monday. They have to be down to final 53 by Saturday. Interesting um, this year, they don't go from 90 to 75. There's yeah. only the one cut-down day, which means theoretically Friday should be pretty busy with a lot of veteran players potentially getting cut. Mm-hmm. And then Saturday, you're probably going to have some teams, and the Eagles will likely be in that mix, picking up guys off the waiver wire and then continuing to trim their way down to 53. They've already started to make some cuts. No real big surprises. But you're right, Elliot. This whole week is all about finalizing that 53-man roster that you and I have wrote five, six, seven, eight 53-man <laughs> roster projections ever since the draft. Well, and I think the thing, too, is with this new cut-down rule is I like it because it gives these players, first of all, it makes practice easier on some of the veterans because you have more guys at camp. Instead of going to 75, you still have, I think the Eagles are at 86 now yep. after the trade, and uh, they cut a few guys. And these guys get next chance to play. So, we're going to see a lot of Matt McGloin on Thursday, which isn't going to be good, but there are going to be some players that legitimately are going to be playing for roster spots. Guys like, I think, Elijah Qualls, um, Justin Hamilton at defensive tackle as well, yep. Corey Clement, big game. I think Patrick Robinson is another guy on the bubble. Aaron Grimes, mm-hmm. somebody that needs to have a big game against the Jets to solidify his spot. Doug Peterson talked about on Sunday some position battles to watch. He singled out cornerback, running back, and even mentioned some younger tight ends or offensive linemen, but that seems like window dressing to me. But just like us, just like the fans, I think Doug and the coaching staff are pretty much dialed in on watching the nickel corner and the running back battle this weekend in the game against the Jets. Yeah, and I mean, the other thing, too, is seeing who will play. I mean, if Patrick Robinson doesn't play, 
what does that show? I mean, that seems I would think to see, that solidifies that, him. Yeah, I he's pretty think, safe. Right? But if he's suited up and he's playing midway through the second quarter, then I think you know he can definitely look at it as a bubble guy. But so I think what, what we want to do today is just go over where we're at right now with our 53. So we'll we'll, we'll both be putting out our final 53 man prediction. The media does a does a pool. So uh, you know all the beat writers are going to put out their 53 man roster predictions. We'll see who does the best. Um, so we're going to put that out Friday. But I think it'd be a good idea to go through and just talk about where we're at at each position. Who do you think? is a lock. Who do you think they're going to keep? Who's yep. like kind of the last man there and at that spot. So I have my 53 man right here. I know you, you have yours too. So before we get into that, let me just uh, take care of a few stuff. So as always, as we always like to remind you, you should be subscribing to the podcast. You get it quicker. It goes right to your phone. You get an alert when it comes up and then you can leave us a review. And we love those five-star reviews. So we're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on SoundCloud. We're on iHeartRadio, Google Play, and Spreaker. Um, I know there was some issues with Spreaker, but I think those might be fixed. So you should be able to catch us there again. Um, go subscribe and leave us a review. So as I said, I was going to start doing, I want to leave some of the, re- read some of the reviews that people have been reading. Um, this one gave us at five stars, which we love. Fair balance by CLT Birdman. I, I like it. Yeah, there you other, go. Other than the saying fair and balanced, I like <laughs> the five stars. How about All that? Right. <laughs> I tend to think positively and I'm always optimistic about the Eagles. I listen to this podcast, have Elliot drained some of the Kool-Aid out of my Eagles glass. Overall, the podcast moves quickly and it is a great way to get some ballast insight while in the car. So there you go. There you fly, go. Fly, nice. goes fly. Then we got one saying thumbs down, saying we're too negative. So, you know, I guess it depends on what you want to hear. But it's good to hear you guys are enjoying it. And uh, please do subscribe. And if you're listening on YouTube, give us uh, give us that thumbs up. More and more of you have been doing it, and that does help us. So, all right. Now that that is out of the way, let's get going on this 53-man roster prediction. Start with the quarterbacks. I mean, this seems like a pretty easy decision, but we can't talk about Foles for a few minutes. So I yep. think we're we're both in agreement. Carson and Foles are going to stay, and McGloin and Evans are gone. Yep, I think they they might try to sneak Dane Evans back onto the practice squad and carry a practice squad quarterback. But Nick Foles is a little bit interesting, Elliot. Yeah. He t- practiced in back-to-back days a week and a half ago after missing every practice since the first three days of camp when it was just rookies and quarterbacks. Been dealing with what he and the team is calling elbow soreness, but. To have elbow soreness limiting you as much as he's been limited, not taking a preseason snap, it's a little bit interesting. Do you carry him onto the 53? Do you short-term IR him? What does it mean for Matt McGloin? And I don't think that we need to really worry about Foles until it happens that if he doesn't take a single practice rep this week in that final week before the preseason, before you really ramp up preparations for week one, mm-hmm. that's when I think maybe you get a little bit concerned about Foles, but as of now, I'm not too worried, and I think that it's going to be all chalk there with Wentz and Foles making the roster. Yeah, and the, the thing I'll say about Foles is, and we've talked about this a lot in terms of what is how important are these practices uh, directly related to Alshon. The difference is Foles ideally doesn't take a snap this season, whereas Alshon's going to have to play. So for me, if I'm the Eagles, I, my guess on what is happening here is his elbow's bothering him. If he was a starting quarterback, he might need surgery. If he was just, you know... Out in the street, he'd probably get surgery. But he's in a unique role as the backup because you really are only going to need him to throw the ball one day a week, potentially, if Carson goes down. I don't think it's super important that he has practice reps right now. Uh, should Carson go down for, you know, two weeks, then, I, yeah, you would want Foles to throw. But I think, you know, he's your best option at backup right now. He's considerably better than Matt McGloin. There's not a ton out there that will be give you what Foles gives you in terms of his knowledge of the offense, his willingness to Correct. be a backup, his closeness with Carson. So I think – 
the Eagles will just keep him on the 53-man roster um, and then just pray that if something happens to Carson, Foles' elbow will hold up. But I have a feeling when we're, when next year when we're doing this podcast, we're talking about Foles returning from a surgery because if he can't throw three days in a row without his elbow getting sore, that to me is an indication that something is going on. Well, that, that's a problem. If, if yeah. you think that he can't throw two or three days, let's say the doomsday scenario happens and Carson Wentz goes down against the Redskins. If, if he's not 100% healthy enough to A, finish the game, and then take every first-team practice rep if called upon the following week in practice and potentially start against the Redskins, Mm -hmm. then I think you have to look long and hard about the possibility of putting him on short-term IR and keeping Matt McGloin because even though McGloin has been terrible in the preseason, he's thrown something like 65 passes through these first three weeks. He knows the system. I don't know that there's that he's necessarily the best option of anybody that's going to be available. But I do think given that he's been here all summer, and if you legitimately are worried about Foles being able to play against the Redskins, then I think you have to think about that short-term IR option. And maybe, you know, this is just all precautionary, and maybe it is just elbow soreness. But if he needs surgery, then I think this is a much bigger deal than you, myself, or anybody is really making it out to be. I guess what my thing is, is if he, let's say Carson goes down in week one and, you know, God forbid he's out for the year or he's out, you know, more than two weeks or whatever. You really only need about 60 or 70 throws out of Foles' elbow that week. Uh, To me, I just think I would rather not have Foles take all the reps during the week and play on Sunday than I would have McGloin actually playing on Sunday. So how do you practice? Well, you pr- I mean, maybe have McGloin run all the first team, then you put Foles out there. I- I'm-, I'm not saying it's a good scenario, but my point is... So you're well, saying you keep McGloin and Foles week one on the roster? Maybe you have the practice. Maybe you have Dane Evans. I don't know what I-, I don't know what you would do. I mean, I'm not saying Foles wouldn't practice, but the days of camp are over. I mean, in terms of the Eagles have three practices during the week. Right. The Friday one is normally very light. So you have Wednesday and Thursday where he throws, then he gets... You know, he would get uh, Friday and Saturday off where he plays on Sunday and then Monday and Tuesday off again. So if he's not healthy enough to practice, how's he going to be healthy enough to play? Well, in but, a game? I, but I'm saying I, I'm not saying he can't practice. I'm saying I just wouldn't practice him and just have his I'll have his arm rest up or practice him minimally. I'm just saying I don't think with him it's an issue of him not being able to throw. I think it's a t- it's a pain tolerance thing when he throws three days in a row. It hurts. And during the season, he won't be throwing throwing three days in a row, I guess, is my point. What, what, that's what I would I'd be. Pr- I mean, he'd, theoretically, he'd be throwing. Look, you, you can't not have your starting quarterback practice. Right. right. Well, you I'm can't... saying he'll practice, just not like maybe throwing it. Th- During training camp at times, Carson Wentz was throwing the ball 40 times a day. Right. Five days in a row. So with Foles, I'm just saying during the regular season, the schedule changes. And I think it makes it easier for Foles to potentially play with a sore elbow than he would if like we day one of training camp and he was a starting quarterback where he was missing three or four days in a row. That's my only point I'm making. Sure. I'm, look, it's not an ideal scenario. I'm not sitting here saying everything will be fine if that were to happen. If Carson goes down, this team is screwed no matter what. Right. My thought is that if, if you're that worried about Foles not being able to practice during the regular season, not being able to play, th- then you need to have a legitimate conversation about the short-term IR where he can rest up for four or five weeks, maybe get some sort of arthroscopic surgery to clear out whatever's going on. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think you can go into a season – without having a healthy and dependable backup quarterback. I don't think that the Eagles are at that point. I don't think Foles is quite that injured. But the fact that we haven't seen him and the fact that he hasn't practiced, right. I think leaves the door cracked open for a Matt McGloin to make the roster with Foles going on the short-term IR, particularly now that Bo Allen is back and healthy. Yeah, I it mean, It opens up that spot for someone like Foles. I mean, the thing is this, too. When the Eagles cut Chase Daniel and gave Foles what they gave him, about $7 million guaranteed, they're hope was you're not having this discussion about the backup quarterback. So 
Foles injury is not good. I'm not trying to minimize it. I just think because he is the backup and you don't even know if you need him, the risk of putting him on IR to me doesn't seem worth it. But regardless, so we both have them at two quarterbacks yep. to start. So you're not actually going to give them a groin. No. Okay, so we're both at two to start. Um, all right, next one. This is one of the more interesting ones. So, all right, so I, I have them at three running backs currently, but this is definitely something I could I could change. So I currently have them keeping Blunt, Sproles, um, Smallwood. Or no, sorry, I have, the, I have them at four running backs, my bad. Blunt, Sproles, Smallwood, and Clement, cutting Marshall and putting Pumphrey on IR. So that's where I'm at with it. I don't think Pumphrey is going to be of use to them this year. I, I, I don't think they're going to release him. I just would be shocked because yep. he wouldn't make it through waivers. Um, and then you, we've talked about Blunt and you know his potential to not be that good this year. Smallwood has trouble staying healthy. So I think Clement, uh, Corey Clement makes a lot of sense for them. So that's where I'm at right now. Where, where are you at? I have the same four. I have Smallwood, Sproles, LeGarrette Blunt. And I actually have Pumphrey over Clement on 53, okay. only because of the fact that I think that the Eagles, if they can't get him on IR, if he doesn't stub a toe against the Jets, if he doesn't get a sports hernia against the Jets or pull up with a hamstring injury against the Jets, you said it, they're not going to be able to sneak him through waivers to get him on the practice squad. And I think that they value him more than Corey Clement. But I will say this, that if Clement goes out and rushes for 75 yards and a touchdown against the Jets and catches a couple passes... I think he could play his way onto the roster, and I mm-hmm. think that this is going to be – running back is going to be the position to watch for this team as other teams start making their cuts because I, I don't know that LeGarrette Blunt is on this roster if a Matt Jones shakes free. Right. I don't know if LeGarrette Blunt or even Corey Clement or Donald Pumphrey are on this team if, say, a Giovanni Bernard or one of those team, one of those running backs that the Eagles like on another team shakes loose during cutdown time. Well, the th- uh, you know, and I agree – but if you just look at who's at the roster now, I think uh, Corey Clement makes a lot of sense because, one, you know Blunt, Blunt and Sproles are probably not back in 2018. Yep. Smallwood has had trouble staying healthy. I thought he got, he, he did look good against the Dolphins. So I think he's going to be your like number one feature back. Agreed. He's the one you can look at for the future. Yep. Pumphrey is also a future guy, but he has not looked that good this preseason. And I, I think he could use that year. So the argument for keeping Corey Clement would be, you keep them, you can develop them, and you don't have a ton of sure options on this roster. So I'm not normally a guy. I remember like Henry Josie a few years ago. You know, guys that have big camps at running back sometimes can be deceiving because, you know, teams aren't game planning and all those things. But I do think Corey Clement legitimately has has the skills. He's he's much better out of the backfield than we thought catching the ball. He yep. runs hard, and he's been good at the goal line, which has been re- which really is going to help his chance because that's an area where maybe then you can say, okay, well, we have if we have him doing that, what do we need Blunt for? So I do think he has shown legitimate skills that make him an intriguing option. It's not just the fact that he's running for these yards. I think it's how he's doing it and his ability to catch the ball that's been impressive. I don't, I don't disagree with any of that. I, I think that if you, in a vacuum, both are on an even playing field and you have to make the evaluation between Denel Pumphrey and Corey Clement, you keep Corey Clement. He's the closer thing to a complete running back. He could be that one-two punch with Wendell Smallwood with a very similar skill set, very good downhill runner, can catch the ball out of the backfield better than a lot of people expected, but his drawback is he's not a very good pass blocker, Mm -hmm. and I just think that if the Eagles had their option between keeping Corey Clement and keeping a veteran running back who they have had their eyes on in the last several years that might be available... I think they'd go to the waiver wire option over keeping Clement. And one name that I think 
you know, fans always love these training camp darlings, and I'm not usually one to get on board. Raheem Mostert had a nice 80-yard touchdown catch and run last night in the preseason game against the Vikings. Mm-hmm. If the Niners don't keep Mostert, that's a guy who Former was Eagle. here. Yeah. Right, he's been in camp with this team. You know, obviously it was with the previous coaching staff, but Howie Roseman was still involved in bringing him onto the roster. Right. So if Mostert shakes loose or Matt Jones shakes loose or an established running back is there, that's going to be what I'm going to be keeping an eye on on the, wi- the uh, waiver wire because – I think that's their biggest position of need because outside of Wendell Smallwood and what you know you have in Darren Sproles, there's a lot of unknowns at this position for them. Yeah, and I don't think they – I would be surprised if we're sitting here next week, and I don't think this will be the case, where they've straight up cut Pumphrey and and kept Corey Clement. I think the only way Pumphrey is not on this 53-man roster is if he's on the IR, and I do think that's possible just because teams do it all the time. They shady IR players, guys that they want to coach for a year. Alex McAllister. Right, exactly. So – so I, I think that is an option for, for Pumphrey. Sometimes for the players, it works out well. I mean, obviously, it's better than being cut. So, all right, so that's where we're at at running back. You think Pumphrey makes the 53. I'm currently right now thinking he is on IR. I don't think they'll cut him, but I think he's in the building. I don't think, as of right now, he'll cut, he'll count against 53-man roster. So, so that's where you're at right now at running back, right? Tight end, a bit of a layup. Um, spot. I mean, I think we both agree they probably keep three, but yep. let's briefly talk about the possibility of them keeping four because Billy Brown is a guy to me that has a lot of the tools you would like to see from a guy they would want to develop. He's big, um, good, good hands. hands. Yep, good hands. Uh, pretty fast. I mean, not like you know lightning lightning speed, but probably just as quick as Trey Burton or close to it. So, I mean, I think he has those tools. Brent Selleck, probably not back in 2018. Trey Burton, going to be a free agent at the end of the year. I'll be interested to see how much they want to pay him with you know a decent amount of money going to Ertz already. Billy Brown would probably make it through waivers, um, I would think. He didn't play against the Dolphins. I nope. think they're probably trying to hide him a little bit and get him through waivers. Um, I agree. So we'll see if he plays against the Jets. That'll be interesting. But that being said, I think if there was one surprise name next week, I think he's up there in terms of guys that will be on the roster. But we're probably both still at three right now. I have them at three with Burton, Ertz, and Selleck. And, and I like Billy Brown a lot, too. I think they like him because of the fact that he also has the size to line up as maybe a slot-wide receiver down near the goal line, down near the red zone. But I, I just don't think you can sneak him onto this roster. And I think it's more than likely he winds up on the practice squad, particularly if he doesn't play against the Jets. Yeah, I agree. All right, so that's three right there. Um, at tight end, we're both we're both agreeing so far on the numbers, at least. All right, so wide receiver. When I wrote this, I posted this this past weekend. I had them at six receivers. I think I'm leaning to going down towards five. So I had them keeping Jeffrey, um, obviously Alshon Jeffrey, Torrey Smith, Nelson Aguilar, Matt Collins, Marcus Johnson. Do we both agree that they're just locks at this point? Those five are making the team. Those five are locks, and then it comes down to who's your sixth wide receiver. I had them at six. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm inclined to drop down to five, but I had Bryce Treggs as that sixth wide receiver. I had Sheldon Gibson out, but hopefully from the Eagles' perspective, they can sneak him back onto the practice squad. They don't typically make a habit of cutting fifth-round picks, mm-hmm. but I don't think Gibson has shown them nearly enough to even have the edge over somebody like Bryce Treggs if they come down to keeping six wide receivers rather than going in with just five. So I think if they, if they do keep a sixth, I think it will be Gibson for some of the reasons you just stated. I mean, cutting a fifth-round pick, not good luck, obviously, for them. And I think Gibson is a guy that, in th- I mean, in theory, if Howie evaluated his at least draft value correctly, the teams were going to draft, you know, in the other part of the fifth round, the sixth and the seventh, um, 
So I think if he's cut, he, even though he's not had a good preseason, I think he's someone that could get picked up simply because he had such good numbers at West Virginia in terms of his ability to stretch the field. He yep. does have that elite speed. I agree he hasn't shown a ton, but he did have um, – I forget which game it was, but he got down the field, at least behind the defense, and drew a pass interference call. So he's shown a little bit of flashes of that. He's improved catching the ball. So I think Gibson's a guy that if they cut, he doesn't make it through waivers. Um, and I think that could make them keep him. That being said, the reason I'm, I'm kind of going to five is I think losing Gibson wouldn't be the end of the world. And I do think that there's other spots where this team is going to like players better. Um, now, I mean, but the other thing I'll say is, you know, Jeffrey is a free agent in a year. Torrey Smith might be gone in a year. Aguilar, this is probably a make-or-break year for him. So yep. getting rid of young talent at that position might be a bit of a worry for them. So I'm going to say six for right now just because we're going through my 53 and I have it added up correctly. But, <laughs> I mean, five I think is is more of a possibility than people talk about. Yeah, I agree with you, and I think that the five – they kept five last year, if about, I'm not mistaken. Right. right. So I'm I'm inclined to agree with you and drop down to – Five receivers and leave off Bryce Treggs. Yeah, I mean, they could trade Treggs depending on how he does against the Jets this week. I think Treggs is another guy. Again, speed. I, I mean, we saw Bryce Treggs get he he got claimed by the Eagles last year after going yep. undrafted. So if you can run, if you if you have that elite speed and you're young, you're going to have a job in the NFL at least at a lower level with teams potentially hoping you reach that. So all right, so we're both we're both going to stick with six right now. Yep. All right, so we're still both at six receivers. You have – I have Gibson. Gibson is my six. You have – Well, I dropped down to five. Okay. I dropped down so to five you're, you're with Marcus Johnson. So you're officially dropping down yep. to five. All right. So you're sticking to five. So you have them cutting Gibson and cutting Treggs. All right, offensive line. This one is kind of tricky um, just because – I mean, it's tough to guard. It's tough for me, at least, to evaluate the play of guards sometimes just because, you know, I'm not – you know, I'm not, I'm not just – I'm not Jeff Stoutland. I'm not good at breaking down specifically the sure. XOs in that position. But one thing I do know that they like is position versatility. They want guys that could – if you're going to be on the bottom end of the roster and you're going to be active on game day, you need to be able to fill in at multiple positions because if a tackle goes down or a guard or a center, ideally you can fill in at mo- more than one position. So I have them with nine right now. The five obvious starters, Lane, Brandon Brooks, Kelsey, Peters, Samalu. I have him with Vitae as the tackle backup. Dylan Gordon, they like him. They yep. put him in at their heavy packages. I don't. I go back and forth whether I think he's played well. I think he's had moments. Um, I think he's pretty close to a lock. Yeah, I think, I, no, I, I think I don't he is think, too. I don't think he's a bubble guy at this stage. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I just. I guess what I would say is I, I'm not so sure they, they're going to end up being right about him. But I agree I have him making the roster right now. So that's seven. Um, Wisniewski, I think we both agree, back up at center and guard, yep. especially now that Barber's gone. So that brings us up to five, seven. We're at, yeah, we're at eight now. Now, all right, the ninth I have is, as chance one. I back. do too. Okay. So we have the same nine across the board. And, you know, Elliot, you look at the back end of the depth chart, Aaron Neary, mm-hmm. Tyler Orlowski, Daryl Green. Taylor Hart's a nice story moving from defensive tackle to offensive lineman, but I just – as impressive as he's been making that transition, I don't think that he's shown enough to unseat a pet project of Jeff Stoutland's and Chance Warmack right. or what they seem to have in store for how they like to use Dylan Gordon. I think those nine jobs are pretty much locked up at this stage. So the only thing I'll say about Warmack is this, is I just said how important it is for offensive linemen to have versatility. He doesn't. I mean, he can't play tackle. He's, he's not played center. Um, and when he started against the Packers, which is a good – I mean, it's, it's a good sign for him that he started with Brandon Brooks out, but he didn't play that well. I agree. So, again, like if you're not going to be able to play at multiple positions, 
Are you going to dress on game day? And if you're not going to dress on game day, why are you here? But like you said, there's just not a lot there to take to that would take from him. Like, right, and if, it's a one-year deal, and if anybody knows how to develop him... Remember, he was a top 15 pick in the NFL draft three years ago. So this is a guy who was a premium prospect in college with Jeff Stoutland as his offensive line coach at Alabama... I, I think given the fact that it was only a one-year deal, I right. think the Eagles look at him, look at Stoutland, and say, Jeff, we're going to give you one season to develop Chance Warmack, and they're probably not going to have to overpay him next year. Mm-hmm. You look at the lack of quality interior depth, the fact that you're probably moving on from Jason Kelsey after this season. I, I think that all of that plays into Chance Warmack being on this roster, if nothing else, being a developmental prospect, because they don't really have any other candidates to fit that And, role. I mean, maybe once Kelsey's gone, you move Samalu to center, which, right. I mean, after playing him 16 games at guard, I think would be a bit of a risk. But, and, you know, if you do develop Warmack, to that point, then you move Samalo over and put Warmack up. Um, but I do think potentially Warmack could be a guy where he makes a 53 initially, and then you see them pick up an offense line with a little more versatility. So could be. Th- that that's going to be yeah. I, I agree. Eight or eight of those spots are pretty locked. I I tend to lean with you on Warmack on the ninth and being a lock, but I do think he is the guy as of, as of right now. Um, yes. All right. So we are at nine offensive linemen. All right. Now the defensive side of the ball, defensive end. Um, you know, I think we agree Brandon Graham, Curry, Barnett, Chris Long are all locks. Agreed on that? Yes. All right, so that brings it down to means. Either they keep means, they keep McAllister, or they don't keep either. Um, what do you think at that position? Uh, I have, at this point, I have 10 offensive linemen. I okay. have Cox, Jernigan, Graham, Vinnie Curry, Derek Barnett, Chris Long, Destiny Vallejo. Well, let's just stick to defensive end for now. Okay, you just want to go defensive just, end? Yeah, just who did you have them keeping at I, I have Alex end. McAllister, Stephen Means. Chris Long, Derek Barnett, Vinny Curry, Brandon Graham. So, so you have six, six defensive ends. Six wow. defensive ends. Okay. Well, explain your logic behind that. Well, I know that they really like Alex McAllister. They, they do. Shady, shady IR'd him last year. I thought he's played really well over the preseason. But I think Stephen Means might have just been better. Mm-hmm. And I think when you bring Bo Allen back into the fold and the fact that I don't think Elijah Qualls, outside of one game against the Dolphins, has shown you enough to either A, unseat Allen or merit a roster spot on, the, on his own – I think they'd rather keep a higher quality defensive end and have six mm-hmm. rather than just carry bodies at defensive tackle where I think you can get by with a four-man rotation of Vallejo, Hamilton, Allen, Jernigan, and Cox. Right. So I'm, I have them keeping five. Uh, my, here's my thing on Means versus McAllister. When uh, Chris Wilson talked, the defensive line coach, uh, I guess it was a week ago at this point, my takeaway from that is, and this isn't what he said, this is just me reading between the lines, is McAllister, higher ceiling, better athlete, means safer player, but maybe not elite. Right. I mean, he talked about how the sacks means has had. He he, he didn't mean That's to. That's a hell of an interpretation. That, that, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that takes Tim Schwartz and puts him right into L.A. Yeah. Shore Park. Yeah, there we go. Right there. Exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, that's just that was my takeaway. He ba- basically said means sacks. He was like, oh, yeah, it's nice to see, but he's been in the league a few years and he's playing up against backups. And he talked about McAllister, how – you know, he has that potential. So I think Means is a guy that they like, but Howie really likes McAllister and, you know, Howie's still the one making these final decisions. And I think Wilson will like McAllister enough to keep him around. Like you said, they did keep him around all last year. Yep. So, but here's the only thing I'll say. I'm starting to lean towards maybe only keeping four defensive ends. Even though they use them a ton, I just think there's more defensive tackle prospects you like there. And maybe I'll end up being wrong about Elijah Qualls. But I really don't think he makes it through waivers. So 
if you cut him, I think you're basically losing him. So now we'll go to so let's go to defensive tackle a little bit. Yep. So the thing about defensive tackle, since we're just you know doing defensive ends, is Cox, Jernigan, Vail, Destiny Vail, and Bo Allen. I would guess are all locks. locks at this yep. Point. All right. Yep. I think Allen has some trade potential, but if he is on the rock, I don't think they're going to cut him. Right. I th- but I do think a trade could be possible. But assuming they don't trade him, so those are your four. So. You- you have them keeping then. I had them keeping five, and and I when we wrote this, fifth? well, when we wrote this, Bo Allen hadn't returned yet, so I had him on the non-football injury. Okay, but now that he's activated, I still think you go five, and I think there might be room. Now that I think about you, you know Elijah Qualls and Bo Allen, they're two very similar in terms of their skill sets, both run stuffers, and I think you can go Vallejo, Elijah Qualls, Bo Allen, Fletcher Cox, Tim Jernigan. Okay, and especially if we're dropping down one spot at wide receiver, that frees up one extra defensive line spot. Yep. Where I think the Eagles have a lot of really quality football players that, like you said, you're not going to be able to sneak somebody like an Elijah Qualls through waivers. You're not going to be able to sneak even probably somebody like Stephen Means or Alex McAllister through waivers. Right. So I think that. If if they can keep quality defensive linemen at the expense of either a Bryce Treggs or a Shelton Gibson caliber wide receiver, I think that's the route they would take. So I will say one player just I've kind of come around on and just I think they like a lot is Justin Hamilton. Um, Spent last year with Seattle, didn't play a ton, had a good camp. So he is a potential wild card. I currently – I, mean, I had him on. There's before no way they're going to keep healthy. right. There's yeah. no way they're going to keep Cox, Jernigan, Vale, Qualls, Allen, and Hamilton. I right. mean, that'd be seven. De- I mean, sorry, six defensive tackles. But I guess Hamilton will be the odd man out there. But that's a tough decision there. I mean, because Qualls, I guess the, maybe they'll have to risk it. Maybe I mean they'll know more. I would think in terms of his ability to get through waivers. But that's going to be a pretty tough one. So as of right now. Um, when I on my fifty three, I had them keeping four with Qualls and Vale, and had them trading Bo Allen. I'm starting to lean back away from that though. Um, and again, since I think I'm only going to have them keep five receivers, I'll have Allen be that fifth guy. But by the time I turn in my final one for the roster prediction, Hamilton might just be on there. Um, all right, linebackers. This again, I was saying today in the locker room, like this is a tough fifty three yeah. to come up with. This is there's a lot of not a lot of easy decisions on there. So, all right, linebackers. I have them with six right now, and I have them trading Kendricks. But again, like Schwartz said today when he talked that they've been putting Bradham in at middle linebacker a little bit yeah. and moving Kendricks up. So, I mean, all right, so I had them with Hicks, Bradham, Kruger Hill, and and Good, and then Nate Geary and Joe Walker. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to cut Joe Walker and put Kendricks up there. So I'll keep with six. I think Walker, the only thing he does for them right now is back up middle linebacker. They've... You know, the linebacker coach, uh, Ken Flajul, has said he's not happy with the middle linebacker spot. Yeah. And they, now they have Bradham apparently doing it. And then last week against the Dolphins, when Hick was, Hicks was out, good started at middle linebacker. So I'm going to cut Walker and keep Kendricks. Um, so those are my six guys. I'm, I'm going to stick with my six that I had last week. I had Jordan Hicks, Nigel Bradham, Michael Kendricks, Najee Good, Joe Walker, Nate Gary. So I'm going to keep those six. So you're cutting Kruger Hill. Kruger Hill, yep. All right, I think I will – you win most bets against me, but I'll be willing to make a bet with you that, that he makes a team because he has said that he's playing the role Brian Bra- Brian Brayman did last year on special teams, okay. and Brayman's not back here, and he is. So, I mean, you know, 
we'll see. You, I hope I hope you don't have him on the team because that'll give me a better shot to 53. But I feel pretty confident he's going to be here. Yeah, I, I think guy. it's a coin flip between Najee Good and Camus Gruger Hill. And, and you're right, special teams there's certainly value there. But Najee Good has consistently been that backup middle linebacker behind right. Jordan Hicks when he's gone down. So how do the Eagles feel? Do, do they value Good in terms of what he brings to the defense, or do they place a premium on Gruger Hill and what he brings on special teams? This could change after Thursday night, but as of now, I'm going to stick with my six. And I will right. say this. We've both talked about and written about the possibility of trading Michael Kendricks. I think that's more of a slimmer chance than ever based on what we've seen in preseason, number one. And number two, I think we're about to see an evolution of Jim Schwartz, the coordinator, a guy who hasn't liked to blitz a lot in the past, Certainly, philosophically, that's the case, but I think also last year was partly due to the fact that he didn't trust his corners. He didn't trust, you know, Nolan Carroll, certainly didn't trust Leotis McKelvin out on an island. You bring in Ronald Darby, I think that helps him in that regard, Mm -hmm. and I think you're going to see the Eagles dial up a lot more blitz packages, especially on third down, and that's where you can put Michael Kendricks in there as a rushing the passer blitzing, playmaking linebackers. So I think if we've seen anything since the Ronald Darby trade, it's Michael Kendricks' spot and role on this team seems to be a little bit more solidified. Yeah, I agree. I think at this point, I mean, look, I still think if they got a trade of um, an offer of value or, you know, you're talking a third, fourth round pick, they would consider it. But I I agree. I think at this point he's going to be here. So, all right, cornerbacks. This is, you know, kind of the last tough position for them to figure out. They had to trade this week for Dexter, uh, Dexter McDougal. Got rid of Terrence Brook, the safety, who I thought had a decent shot to make the team. But, I mean, I guess either they really like McDougal or, they, or I was wrong about how much they like Brooks. But, yeah. uh, all right, so I have them with six, and I have them with Jalen Mills, Ronald Darby, uh, Douglas, C.J. Smith. Patrick Robinson is a guy I think they keep now, um, and here's why. I think because he played well. He, they had him in as, in as the nickel corner against the Dolphins. He played well. He had good coverage against Jarvis Landry down the field, and he's played well in nickel corner throughout his career where he hasn't done well is on the outside. Jim Swartz talked about him today and said, you know, he'll be useful against those quicker slot receivers in the NFC East. Um, he probably is the quickest receipt, uh, cornerback on their team with, uh, Sidney Jones hurt. And, you know, who knows what his speed will be like when he gets back. But I think Robinson makes his team. And my six right now is McDougal. And the reason why is because I think they like him. I think if you bring him in this late, you see enough of those characteristics and I don't think they're going to keep Ron Brooks. So those are my six right now. Yeah, I have six. And they're a little bit different than yours, only because I don't think they make the trade for Dexter McDougal if they're sold on Patrick Robinson. And, and I don't know that they're sold on him. And McDougal's a guy that played both inside and outside as well. He's mm-hmm. younger. And, and I don't know that McDougal even makes his team. And I'm inclined to stick with my original six, which were Ronald Darby, Jalen Mills, Ron Brooks, Rasul Douglas, Aaron Grimes, and C.J. Smith. Now, okay. I think that there's only one of the three of Robinson, Grimes, or Robinson that wind up making it. Robinson, and if Robinson Grimes, or, or McDougal. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. If, if Grimes if, – if, Patrick Robinson doesn't play against the Jets. I think that means that he's locked up that roster battle and this position is settled. But if the Eagles were sold on Robinson being their nickel corner, I don't think they make that trade on Sunday, flipping um, the the safety for Brooks for for McDougal. So I disagree with you on that a little bit. I do think – the other thing is when we talked to, when we got the chance to talk to the assistant coaches last week, and that can be really informative sometimes because they're not as trained media-wise – 
Corey Undlin just talked about how much Robinson means to that room just from the fact that he's a veteran. I mean, when you look at Jalen Mills coming off of one season, Ronald Darby obviously going to be the guy, but he's only played two seasons. Douglas is a rookie. C.J. Smith didn't play last year as a rookie. McDougal hasn't really played. Um, Ron Brooks, a veteran, but we don't know if he makes a team. I think Robinson has that ability to be a bit of a veteran presence. And again, Brooks maybe is the better nickel corner, but he can't move outside. Robinson, right. for as much as he struggled, at least has experience playing on the outside. So again, position versatility here. If, let's say, Darby or Mills were to go down, do you throw Douglas out there? Or do you maybe you you know put uh, Robinson out there? So I think having Robinson gives them the ability to do that. Um, but I, 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 do, I, I think, think it's a position the where games. they'll keep six, though. Because... Yeah, I, I think that Robinson's played well in the games, and he's gotten better as camp goes along. But if you're looking to develop young talent, do you keep C.J. Smith? Do you keep Aaron Grimes? Do you keep Patrick Robinson? Or right. do you keep Dexter McDougal? And, and I think that, that Robinson doesn't fit that young developmental role. Now, they might keep him over Ron Brooks because right. Brooks can't stay healthy. But I, I don't think by any stretch of the imagination, Patrick Robinson is entering this week for the preseason as a lock. No, but I think he is way closer than I, than I used to. The fact they're putting him in his nickel, I think he is way closer. But um, we shall see. All right, safeties. This is another interesting position now. Brooks is gone. Um, I think that obviously helps Jalen Watkins. Schwartz talked very highly of Watkins today and how he can play corner and safety. Um, I have him keeping five. Jenkins, McLeod, Maragos, Corey Graham, and Jalen Watkins cutting Trey Sullivan. And now with Ron Bro- I mean, with uh, Terrence Brooks gone, they don't have to make that decision. So do you yeah. have him with five as well? Uh, as of this moment, let me pull up the safety <laughs> spot here. Well, I would think five because, I mean, Maragos... Yeah, I have them at... at uh, I originally had them at... Four and and cutting Maragos, uh, but uh, Maragos, but wait, you had them cutting Maragos, Maragos because of Corey Graham playing special teams. But oh, man. I think you bump <laughs> it, I think you bump it up to five and you All go right. Brooks, McLeod, Watkins, Graham, and Maragos. There's your five that make All the right. squad. Man, I, I want I want to make some bets with you on this <laughs> thing. Although I always lose, so we'll see. But I mean, I would just I think Maragos is a lock. Um, Pencil him in because of what he does to special teams, right? Exactly, but, and. I mean, Corey Graham plays them as well, and that's why yeah. I thought that that when Brooks was here, you keep four traditional safeties with Graham playing that swing role right. that Maragos used to play. All right, so special teams. I mean, I think you know these that's are a easy, lock. obviously. Donnie yep. Jones, uh, Doran Boss, and um, Sturgis. Sturgis. So those yep. are your three there. All right, so those are our fifty-three. Man, I'm excited just to see how this thing finally plays out. I think again, the toughest decisions. Looking at it again, wide receiver is going to be tough. Um, Offensive line, maybe depends on with, with Warmack. What 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 are the maybe two positions before we wrap this up? You think the toughest decisions are at? I think running back. I, I think they're going to really spend a lot of time on running back, evaluating the guys that are on this roster, and then also looking across at who gets cut on Friday and Saturday. And you're right, the young offensive linemen. If somebody gets cut, who maybe they've had their eye on in the, the last couple of draft classes, maybe Warmack isn't cemented as that developmental player maybe they find somebody who started in games but fell out of favor and they can upgrade dylan gordon's position but i think offensive line and running back are the two spots really to keep an eye on. yeah and look howie's always active um so i guess this isn't that big of a thing to say but i do think we're gonna see maybe two or three players that aren't on the roster now on this roster when they go to washington for week one i think that they just there's too much youth at the bottom of this roster and I think that guys are going to shake free so I think you know middle linebacker could be a spot where they pick somebody up at um, offensive line and again running back potentially I would think like you had said blunt maybe not safe depending on who gets cut so that's where we have our 53 as of now 
Today is Monday. I'm sure with this team, obviously things always change every day. So on Friday, we'll have our final one. Thursday night, me and you are going to record a podcast. From take, MetLife. From MetLife. So yeah. that'll, be, that'll be a good time. That'll be a late night driving home from that. Um, so we'll have that for you Friday morning with kind of more talk about the 53-man. And then I, I, I would love to do one talking about the instant analysis once yeah. we do it. So we'll try to get let's you guys. Saturday. Yeah, we'll try to get one there for that. Um, all right, cool. So let's wrap this up. Once again, go subscribe iTunes, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and Spreaker. If you're listening and you haven't subscribed yet, you literally have no excuse. I remind you all the time. So just go in there, do it. Give us those five stars. We really appreciate it. Matt, I will talk to you later. Looking forward to it.